Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. How great was that word? Let's give Tom a hand. That was amazing. Thank you. We're just so blessed with uh, a range of great kingdom people. And Tom, you're just part of that. We love you. I've seen Tom grow for many years now. And he's just such a credit to just the love and the testimony of Jesus in his life. And uh, I don't know where he is in the room. Oh, there he is. Yeah, man, we love you. We're just so proud of you. He's the son of the house. I see him as one of my spiritual sons. And uh, yeah, man, great days ahead, great joy ahead, great breakthrough ahead of you in Jesus' name. Hey, if you're new here, welcome. We just want to say we love having you as part of our church family. Um, This morning we have some baby dedications. So why don't I invite those who are dedicating babies today to come up on the stage. Let's give them a hand as they come up. Baby dedications. This is a great family moment in church. And we love to celebrate what God's doing in our families and these amazing next generation babies in the house coming through next generation and the next generation after that, which is great. I might get you guys just to maybe stand over here. Yeah, that way I can talk to you, talk to you all together. And we've got a little summer coming up as well. Uh, they're cute babies. Like our church produces cute babies, hey. Yeah, cute parents too, I guess. <laughs> so I'm just gonna just just read something this morning before we actually lead you guys in a prayer of dedication. But some people actually ask about baby dedications and what they actually are. Uh, in some denominations and churches, you'll see babies getting christened. We actually don't christen babies in our church. We dedicate babies. And it's actually more about the parents today than about the kids, although it is about the kids as well. But it's actually a moment where parents are dedicating their kids uh, in raising them in the ways of God. And as a church, we just want to stand with you all today and say, we're with you. And we support your decision. And then when the kids get old enough, if they want to be baptized, that's when we do water baptisms is when they're old enough to be baptized, when they can make the decision themselves. And so we believe in water baptism, but when they're of the age where they can consent to do it. So, but before then, we're going to just honor you guys. Uh, But as a Pentecostal church, believing in the necessity for personal repentance and faith, we don't baptize Christian children, but instead we observe the scriptural practice of dedicating children to the Lord. There are several scriptures in which we base the biblical mandate for presenting a child back to God. And these include 1 Samuel 10, 20 to 28, Matthew 19, 13 to 15, Mark 10, 13 to 16, Luke 2, 21, 22, 25, 28 to 30, 33 and 40. And since the act of dedication is involuntary as far as your child is concerned, the most meaningful part of the service is the declaration of the parents to raise their children up in the way of the Lord. 
And the purpose of this service is to help you as parents appreciate your responsibility to train your children in the ways of the Lord so that when they are able to decide for themselves, they may choose to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. Simply put, is doing everything you can to point your child to Jesus. And I just want to share this verse. In Proverbs 22, 5, it says, says um, well, that's not it. That is the wrong verse. Here it says this. It says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are older, they will not leave it. And we really believe in the power of that. And uh, before we actually do the dedications, why don't we meet? Well, you've already met most of you, these children, but let's go through again. Why don't you tell me the child's name, middle name, something interesting if you want about them? Um, This is Finn, or Phineas Justice Green. Um, he's eight months old. I don't. Oh, he just got his top teeth, and he's getting a third one. Beautiful, Phineas Justice, a young man of God. This is little Florence. Florence has been dedicated, but we celebrate you guys. Hey guys. Hey. Uh, this guy's name is Ezra Abraham Bergstead. Um, he's two, and he's uh, obsessed with all things. Excavators, tractors, bulldozers, diggers, all that sort of gear. Awesome. Little Ezra, little worshipper, little man of God. We celebrate you. Uh, Here we go. Uh, Little Elijah. Um, Elijah Joseph Wazetka. And uh, he just, he loves life. He loves hanging with us. And he's just started doing like a fake laugh this week. Like he's copying our laugh. It's hilarious. It's great. And I heard he goes for the Queenslanders in the state of origin. No, but I think he's a Panthers fan. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Why do you think that? Because they're winning and he likes winning. He's a little winner, that's right. All right, and here we go. This is actually my niece as well. Uh, this is Summer Wild Strawn. Uh, She's currently obsessed with this little light down here. <laughs> Awesome. Little Summer, little woman of God. There is a great anointing upon each of these children. I can sense it. I can sense the anointing of God upon them and upon their parents. And we love you guys. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually just going to um, ask you three questions. And by the way, this information gets sent out to parents before this um, so they can pray about it and really make a declaration in their heart. And today's just a public... Uh, acknowledgement of that and so we're going to go through this and we're going to pray over you guys and I'll ask our board to come up and be a part of that too so here's the here are the questions I have for you do you now present your child before God today yeah awesome John I yeah yeah John I said yes that's good do you dedicate yourselves to bringing up your children in the ways of God always pointing them to Jesus. Yeah, beautiful. Do you promise to instruct your children in the teachings of Jesus, the practice of prayer, to guide the development of a Christ-like character, not forsaking meeting together, and to teach your children to build their life on Christ and his word? Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet, and why don't we put our hands towards these amazing couples, and let's just pray for an empowerment of the Holy Spirit, can I ask our board to come up and, and let's just pray right now in Jesus' name for a fresh anointing 
and a fresh grace to be upon each of you in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your anointing. And right now, Lord, we just pray for each of these children and for the parents. We declare, Lord, a fresh supernatural anointing to be upon each one. Lord, as they raise up their children in the ways of the kingdom, Lord, we pray for favor. We pray for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We pray, Lord God, for supernatural wisdom and protection right now upon them. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray for these children that they'll have supernatural encounters, even as little children, Lord, that they would encounter your presence, they would encounter your anointing. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that there is greatness on this stage. There is uh, a future when it comes to breakthrough and to worship and to seeing your kingdom advance that the greatest outpourings are yet to come in the generations to come. And right now, Lord, we just anoint them afresh in Jesus' powerful name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Let's give them a hand right now. Fantastic. Charlie and I have just been on some annual leave, which has been great. And um, we had a great time as a family together. Um, so much so that my son wants to be with us today in the service. I think when you're with each other non-stop for a couple of weeks, um, the closeness is definitely goes to a new level. So thanks, Claude. The Holy Spirit is ready to speak this morning in power. It's been a very unique weekend as a country. Uh, we've had our referendum yesterday and the results have come out. And I just want to say pastorally that no matter what side that you voted on when it came to the referendum, the best way to approach the future is one in love and it's one in acceptance, and it's one in um, understanding um, of either side of the argument. And right now there's people who feel like the right thing has happened. There are those who feel grief. And I just think as kingdom people, let's make sure we are bigger and that we actually embrace everybody. There's my pastoral encouragement for us. This week um, I was up at a conference. It was a pastor's conference. And um, I was in a, um, in a, a lecture, or a, a, they call it like an elective, and the elective was called uh, the Senior Pastor Masterclass. Uh, no, I felt pretty special being in there. The Senior Pastor Masterclass, and as a senior pastor, I don't feel like I've mastered senior pastoring by any means, but it was good to be in the room and good to be with a bunch of pastors. Um, and um, halfway through the session, I just decided I'd get up and walk at the back. <sighs> I was that guy. I was like, uh, I'm going to go for a bit of a stroll. And um, I don't encourage you to do that in our church. It's a bit distracting. But um, I got up and I, I, I walked at the back and, and I stood at the back at the sound desk. And this room is a room that would have held... Uh, seating for a thousand people. There would have been maybe a few hundred in this actual um, elective. And 
I stood there and I just had this sense of a vision from the Holy Spirit. And I thought, that's why I'm at the back. I'm like, it's not just because I'm a bit, a bit fidgety. I was like, I, there's actually a reason why I'm up here. And as I looked across the room, I just saw this, just for a glimpse, just for a moment, I just saw this wind, this breath, this wind come across the room, the wind of the Holy Spirit, and I saw it just touching these pastors' hearts. And I saw this, it was like a, a domino effect of God's presence just breathing across the room. And I had this moment of burden hit my heart. And a moment of, it wasn't a negative burden, it was like a positive burden, if that makes sense. It was a burden of, um, do you understand how much I want to move in this place? Do you understand the breath and the wind that I have yet to come when it comes to me moving for these pastors? You know, the Lord um, really... Um, there's, there's another time up this week and I was sitting waiting for somebody up on, a, up on a second level watching the foyer and again I'm very prophetic so in my spirit I just saw again just for a split second all these pastors milling around the foyer and again there would have been about a thousand pastors and leaders of this thing and I just saw them all milling around and they got their shorts on and their shirts on and some with thongs on you know it's pretty laid back and this picture of them in full military gear, in full armour, in full kind of commander uh, outfits, just that there was, and I thought to myself, what a privilege it is to be in a place where senior pastors and pastors and leaders who are actually leading the armies of God they're just chatting about the footy or about seeing each other or whatever, but in the spirit, there was extreme authority. And I just know that the Father heart of God towards pastors is very special. It's very uh, powerful. Um, somebody said it this week, but when they became a, a senior pastor, someone said, congratulations, you're now standing out of the crowd as a fresh target. So get ready. <clears throat> and that's what it's like in the spiritual realm that those who lead churches, um, we get familiar with them, we treat them as though they're our mates, but they actually pay a price spiritually and their families pay prices spiritually. Why is that the case though? Because if a shepherd can be struck, the sheep will scatter. And if in a local church a pastor gets discouraged, gets taken out of ministry, burnt out. Who knows that it's the sheep that suffer? And Jesus is our great shepherd. He's who we all look to. But then he anoints and he graces pastors to stand in the gap for congregations. Now listen, only mature Christians understand this. Immature Christians think that it's all, everyone's on the same level, everyone's on the same. But I've been a pastor's kid my whole life, literally, and now I've been a pastor myself since I was 19. I became a youth pastor. I'm now 39. 20 years worth of this pastoring now. And I've seen enough to know that we need to make sure that in our hearts and in our spirits, that whenever you come across a pastor, that you pray for them, that you stand with them, 
that you make sure that even if you don't understand their teaching or their leadership style or their preaching or whatever it might be, that in the spirit we still choose to stand. You know, next weekend we have Ben and Amy Sattler coming to our church. And this is just an insight for our church family. Um, They're coming to bless you, but more than that, they're coming to be blessed. Do you know that? Like They're coming in and I want our church family to be a well for them. I want them to go back to their church in the Blue Mountains and be like, man, Celebration Church, man, they filled our cup. And that's kingdom, that's who we are as a church. And so I was at this conference and I'm like, I'm standing among giants. In the natural, they don't look like giants. In the natural, they look very ordinary. <laughs> they, they don't have the charisma, some of them. Some of them don't have all the trendy clothes or the right words to say. There was one moment this week where they, they did a session and they it was very vulnerable and they said, uh, in the ministry at the end, they said, listen, if you feel like you're right at the place of giving up pastoring, we want, to, we want you to put your hands up. He knows that's a pretty vulnerable thing to ask. And these courageous people all over the room put their hand up. And there was one lady who was there and I stayed back with her and her husband after service. And as she was standing there getting prayer, I went over and I don't do this often, but I actually held her hand. Um, and I just stood there and I just could feel the anointing of God feeling this lady's heart, feeling this couple's heart. And they, they, they shared a bit of their story and they, they had you know, a fallout with like a spiritual son in their church and they're all you know, very hard for the heart, very hard. Um, it's very tough um, for spiritual parents to feel like they're losing spiritual kids. And to the point where the grief was so overwhelming that they wanted to give up. And to be able to stand there and minister Jesus, minister what Celebration um, Church is called to be. And then everyone else left the room and and we stayed back and we just kept ministering, kept prophesying, kept talking, kept seeing visions. I said to her, I said, I see waves coming. I see, but not just one wave, it's like a set of waves, you know, on the ocean, a set comes through in waves of three or four. If you don't know that, every now and then, just watch the waves that's somewhere at the beach and just wait. And every five or ten minutes, a set will come through. And that's a wave of three or four that are bigger. Watch out for And I said, I can see the waves of the anointing of God coming. And she didn't get it. And so I said it again. I said, no, no, you need to understand this. There are waves of joy coming. There are waves of breakthrough coming. Don't give up. Don't let the hurt, the discouragement, the disappointment take you out. It's not forever. The Lord is with you and he is for you. Keep going. And so I just say all that, that isn't my message, but to say this, let's be praying for our pastors. Let's be praying for them. Let's be praying for our church board. Be praying every day. Teach your children. Let's pray for our pastors tonight. Because they stand in the gap. They fight for you, our pastors, and I honour our pastoral team here in church. You're blessed with great pastors. And I just want to say, let's be a church who is different to most, who knows the, has the insight in the spiritual realm of what people carry and the battles they fight. So I come back to this vision, and I want to speak about this vision this morning. 
the wind of God coming, and I could see him coming into the room, <clears throat> ministering to these pastors. But then I had this extra sense, and this is what it was. There is a move of God coming that is yet to be experienced. Super interesting. And the closest experience biblically when it comes to the intensity of what God wants to do is Moses on the mountain. When Moses was face to face with God and it says that he came off the mountain and the glory of God was so great that his face shone. But didn't just shine, it shone so brightly that he had to put a covering over his face lest he might blind somebody. That is the brightness of the glory of the presence of God that is to come. So I get this, this picture on Tuesday, I get that word. I'm with a pastor Tuesday night and we're sitting there having a conversation and he shares this story that recently he was preaching and he went to walk onto the stage and it's like he walked into a cloud. And he said it was the weirdest feeling. It was like this weight and this cloud. And as he walked through the cloud, he went and he had some people on the stage with him who he prayed for. They all just hit the deck. Slain in the spirit, power of God. And this is before he was about to preach. And he's like, I've got all these pastors, of was a pastor's meeting, on the stage and I'm about to preach. This is quite awkward. For some of us, it's not awkward. We grew up in that. But for a lot of people, it is awkward. And he said the weight of the power of God in this supernatural cloud was like nothing he'd experienced. And then get this, he goes, and, he goes, and the Lord speaks to me about Moses on the mountain. And the move of God to come is one like Moses on the mountain where the glory of God came face to face. So Tuesday morning God's speaking. Tuesday night a completely different person who I hadn't spoke to, gets the same word from God. Fast forward, it's, it's, it's Wednesday morning, the next day. Just a bit of a testimony, just to encourage you guys. And I'm, I'm catching up with a pastor, another pastor. And I'm always thinking, how can I be a well? And I'm sitting there going, I feel like the call of God on Celebration Church is big. I feel like it's international. I feel, like, I feel like, you know, there's so much greatness in this church. And I was sitting there and I'm sitting chatting to this guy. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> these two guys walk into the room. And one of them is the national president of the Australian Christian churches. And one is the national exec member um, sitting there. And they come and they said, oh, can we join you? And I don't know these guys. So I'm like, yeah, you can join us. No worries. And I felt like a very small fish in a big pond at that point. And we're talking, and they're talking about what God's doing. The national president oversees uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in Australia. It's a, it's a very big privilege to be sitting there. I had one bowl of cornflakes before he got there, and then my appetite went away. And, and the Lord had challenged me the day before about not holding back when it comes to the gift and call of God on my life. By, by, by nature, if we're in a room, I will naturally just hold back and let someone else, let the extroverts do the talking pretty much. And the Lord challenged me through two different people prophetically on Tuesday 
you need to actually start to speak up according to the confidence. The Bible says, um, stir up the gift of God that was imparted to you with the laying on of hands. And so I'm sitting there, national president's there, I'm there, I'm feeling extremely intimidated. My natural man is very insecure, being very transparent with you. And I feel the Holy Spirit say, ah, you've been tested. Will you listen to what I said yesterday? Will you speak up, even though my natural person will just sit there and not say a word and just listen? Now, I will always take the posture of a student and listen. I'm not going to be the know-it-all. But I thought, you know what, God? I need to share the message or the word you gave me yesterday. So I'm sitting there with the national president and I shared the prophetic word for the movement of New South Wales that I felt with the national president. I shared the vision of the wind coming and the Moses-type uh, glory that is to come. The fact that the call of God, sorry, the, the move of God to come has never been experienced. It is so great. And I said, I hope it's okay if I share this, but this is what I feel and what I saw yesterday. And he turns to me and he says, Benaiah, it's already begun. He said, across the nation, this is already starting to break out. And I was like, Phew. Like, And I just want to call us as a church this morning back to the place of the winds of God, that we are a revival church, that we are a well of revival, and that God is calling us as a simple people, yet a hungry people, to believe for an outpouring of God that is yet to be seen. Listen, we're not the most charismatic, we're not a church that's perfect. But if we have a heart that is hungry, the Lord will meet us and will go beyond what we could ever even dream. If we invite the winds of the Holy Spirit to come and the breath of God to come, to breathe upon this church, to breathe upon our churches and our city, and to breathe upon our region and beyond, he is wanting to do it greater than what we even want him to do it. And he is looking and he is asking, who can I send? Who can I anoint? Who can I grace? God desires to breathe upon us afresh. I was over there this morning and, and just in the worship and I was getting a bit hot. I run pretty hot. My wife calls me a human heat pump. <laughs> I'm the type of person, I won't have any blankets, she'll have three blankets. Are there any human heat pumps in the room? And who are the cold ones in the room? Yeah, it's 50-50 normally. Bit of a challenge if you both marry someone who's also a human heat pump. It's going to be uh, <laughs> a heater. It's probably a better word. And I'm standing there, feeling a bit hot. And then I feel this breeze. Whew. And it was a nice, cool breeze. And I'm like, yes. Like, get in like just and and i'm just enjoying just the breeze of this just our beautiful day coming through this side door just and i'm like this is what the breath of god feels like it's a breath of refreshing it's a breath of presence it's a breath of healing it's a breath of just i can breathe the bible talks about breath a lot 400 times the word for breath in the Bible is 
ruah, or I don't know how you say it in the Hebrew, but I'm going to say I'm going to call it ruah, R-U-A-C-H. It's the Hebrew word. It means breath, spirit, and wind. We see it in Genesis. talks about, God says he, he took the dust and he breathed the ruah, the breath of God. Right now, you are dust and you are ruah. How weird is that the person next to you is just dust? From dust you came and from dust you will return. And we have a few years together to breathe. And so we see from the beginning that the Lord takes something like dirt or dust which is pretty worthless on its own, and he breathes his life and he creates a masterpiece. And he takes the brokenness of our life today and he breathes his life and he creates a masterpiece. And he takes our past and our shame and our sin and he washes it and he breathes us at salvation and he breathes upon us afresh and we become this amazing son or daughter of God and it's because of his amazing ruah breath The winds of God come for different purposes and our reply is simply to say yes to his breath upon us. Lord, send your wind. Lord, send your breath. Breathe upon us afresh like the cool of the day, like the southerly change that comes in summer. Come and bring the breath of refreshing upon your people. May each of us be people who understand that the winds of God come for different purposes. <coughs> the thing is about the winds of God is that you can fight the wind or you can ride with the wind. <laughs> Someone who is a sailor or has a sailboat wants the wind. Somebody who's not that and is freaked out by water if there is a windy day and there are waves, probably gets pretty freaked out by the wind. I encourage you to be a sailboat, not to be a speedboat. Where we live, we live down St George's Basin Way, and every now and then you hear this almighty loud boat that goes past. And it's one of those jet, like super quick, like race boats. And it screeches. It is so loud. It's like this roar that goes across the basin. Now, if he goes out into big swell or if a wind comes up and creates chop and he's doing 100 k's an hour, he's going to be in trouble. He's going to be hitting waves and just who knows when he's going to land. But if you go out in a sailboat and the wind comes up, it's a completely different experience. And we can be sailboats in the kingdom or we can be jet boats. And jet boats sound cool, they look cool, they're fast, but ultimately when the chop comes, when the wind comes, they are useless. But if we're sailboats who learn how to harness the winds of God, then even the scariest storms, you can sleep in the boat. And Jesus slept in the boat in the storm when his disciples were freaking out. Listen, are we the disciples who freak out at the storm is going to kill us, the wind is too great, 
or we are or are we the people that understand that the winds of God come and we serve the author of the winds? The breath of God, the winds of God. God wants to breathe upon the south coast. <coughs> Can I hear an amen? God wants to breathe upon Australia. I'm now at a place where I feel the Lord speaking to me not just about the South Coast, but about our state. Seeing a move of God across New South Wales. I'm not quite nation yet, but I'm definitely state. I've had pictures of what God wants to do. But I think as a church, locally, we have to lay a hold of this in a new way. We need to understand that as a church, we are more than just a motley crew meeting together in South Nara. We are revivalists. We are anointed. God has gone before us. His favor rests upon us. We are a well. You know, I had a pastor this week say to me, he said, do you understand that your church has pioneered something that I've never heard of? He said, when you've done your miracle offering and took up an offering and you put money aside to simply bless pastors remember we done that we put money aside and we sent pastors a prophetic word and we sent them a, a dinner voucher all across the nation we did it and the amount of people that had huge breakthrough because of your generosity and they said as a church and they're a city church uh, up in sydney and they said listen they said we are now thinking about starting you're going to call it a kingdom fund where we're going to raise money to be that for other churches but he said, you know what started in your church? <laughs> and this person travels all over the world, all over this Australia, and he's never seen anything like it. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that it impacted them so much now that they're going to raise, and they've got a lot of funds to go out there and to be that for others. The breath and the wind of refreshing being shared with others. Here's a few thoughts this morning. The winds of God, types of the winds of God. Number one, the winds of his presence. Being overwhelmed by his spirit and brought to life. And in John chapter 20, verse 21, it says this. Why don't you turn there with me? John 20, verse 21 and 22. Is this okay this morning? Let's just, Holy Spirit, help us to hear what you're saying. Help us to hear what is to come. Help us to hear what is now. Lord, help us to step in with boldness. Help us to be the two spies that said yes to the promised land, not the ten spies that were freaked out. Lord, we thank you for your anointing. In Jesus' name. John 20, verse 21, Jesus said, Peace be with you. Why don't you say peace? Peace be with you. That's your inheritance, by the way. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed. And the word here for breath is the ruah, on them. Receive the Holy Spirit. The translation might be a little bit different to that. But basically, he there, he's there and he anoints them and he breathes his presence. He breathes the Holy Spirit and he sends them out with the power of the Holy Ghost. This morning, I encourage you, let the presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit Breathe upon you afresh. Can I hear an amen? amen? When you go home today, Lord, say, Lord, breathe on me. Breathe on me. The good thing about God's breath is that it's not bad breath. 
It's good breath. It's minty freshness from the throne room of heaven. Lord, breathe upon me. Breathe upon the areas of my heart which are harder than lukewarm. Breathe upon me, upon my mind, that I might think clearly, that I might have a renewed mind. Breathe upon my emotions. Heal me from my brokenness. Come, Holy Spirit, let your peace rain down upon me. And Lord, breathe upon our church, because a breath from heaven this morning will set our church on fire. A breath from heaven this morning will change everything about us. And even the most holy person here this morning will find themselves on their knees. Lord, send your breath, send your wind, send your Holy Spirit power. I love that Jesus breathed on them. <laughs> Imagine someone pray for you and they just breathed on you and said, here you go, here's the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. They have good breath. Breathing upon us. The second thing is this. The winds of God are often represented as the wind, winds of change, being led by the Spirit. In John 3, 8, it says, the, blind, the, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where the wind comes from and where it is going. So everyone who is born, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. The Bible talks about the fact that the wind will blow wherever it needs to, and that is like those who are born of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is the wind that comes and it messes things up sometimes. I want God to move in our church where it messes things up. I'm not, I'm not so dictated to by a run sheet that we have to do this and we have to do that. Lord, come and move in any way that you want. Holy Spirit, breathe upon us. And let the winds of change come. May we be people who are led by the Spirit. In Romans 8, 14, it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, Those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Galatians 5, 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. You see, God is moving. God is moving every day. But do we have the sensitivity to move in step with him? When I was in high school, I got asked to do a deb, debuton ball. Has anyone done a debuton ball before? Anyone not know what a debuton ball is? It's a weird thing, let me just say. It's I was in year 10. You have to dress up as a, in a tuxedo and you have to wear white gloves. And the tradition is that you and the girl, it's, it's like a, a coming of age thing for the girl and she, I actually don't fully understand it to be honest. <clears throat> the girl was pretty so I said yes. I, I don't know. And basically you have to learn these two dances. You kind of, and you, you're presented to the people and you do these dances and then, no, I, I can't remember. But what I do remember is this, because I have two left feet. I, I, I really... My wife is a, tra a trained dancer. My son has got moves, but I, I, I don't have any moves. I, I, am, I just, I, I, can, I can say that. Yeah, yes, I am rock solid, that's right. I don't move, I stay. And, and, and they, so I say yes to this girl, and then I find out there are eight weeks of dance lessons. <laughs> Compulsory dance lessons. And it's like, the, it's like, 
dancing with a partner and it was the worst eight weeks of my life up until that point. Lucky she was pretty so I could look at her, but I tell you, the rest of it was just, it was, it was, it was definitely a little bit tough to the point where on the night I was so nervous because I was so uncoordinated. And once it was done, it was done. <laughs> the point being this, the Holy Spirit is often like a dance partner. You have to be in sync. You have to be moving with him. You have to let him take the lead. You have to let him direct you and let him show you where to step and where not to step and where to step forward and where to step back and to, to be very aware of him. And, and the winds of change are like that. The Holy Spirit leading is like that. And this morning, maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about being led by him better. Maybe there are winds of change coming for you and your family. I know for Charlie and I, we have, we have this in our life where we sometimes sense a bit of a change coming. And we don't know what it looks like, but it's like in summer. So at our house, we, we, um, our, we have a, a balcony and it faces south. Um, and, and on really hot days in summer, sometimes you can see the subtly change coming up the coast. Who, who loves seeing the subtly change? I love, you can you can, and then you can smell it in the air. There's a change coming. You can smell the rain coming. And sometimes it's a really dark front coming up. Um, and then before the rain gets there, often the wind will turn up first. And you'll see it coming across the water. You'll see the, the literally, you'll see this wind just coming across, the, this change coming. And then before you know it, it, just, it goes from, you know, 37 degrees to 20 degrees like that because the wind of change comes. And that's what the Holy Spirit's like. He says, I'm going to bring a change. It's going to be, it might have been hot for a season. It might have been, you know, uncomfortable for a season. But guess what? There is a wind of change coming. Are you ready? Are you ready for what I'm going to do? Are you ready right now? And I prophetically speak it. There's a wind of change coming. There is a wind of outpouring coming upon our church, upon our city. I really believe the South Coast is anointed to be known as a place where God dwells. And again, I say it and I sound crazy, but it's true. The train line exists for people to come to receive in the kingdom of God. So by chance, we have a train line from Sydney down here. From the airport, get on the train, come to Nara. For the Lord is speaking and he is pouring out his wind, his breath upon us. Thirdly, I love this. Often God speaks to us through the winds of creativity, being used by the Spirit. Genesis 2.7, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath, the ruler of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. In Psalm 33, 6, the Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. You know, there's a telescope that's just come out or is coming out very soon. They think they can see a million uh, kilometres into space. That's beyond comprehension. The James Hubble Telescope is called if you want to look it up. They're seeing things out there. You know, God breathed that into existence with his breath, the same breath that is in your lungs. Oh, I don't think we got that. 
The same breath that created stars a million kilometers away is the same breath. Breathe in right now with me. Breathe out. The breath of God. Oh, by the way, that's a massive announcement that I fully didn't share. Speaking of breath of life, can we bring it up on the screen? Thanks, Chloe. This guy's had a baby. Andrew Andy Matthew Watson. On Wednesday at 12.11pm, 4.2 kilograms, 52 centimetres. How exciting. Thanks, Chloe. They're doing well. We, we saw them yesterday and they just, they're loving it. Jack's loving it. He's loving having a little brother. Learning how to share his toys. So that's so good. Number four, the winds of refreshing being overjoyed by the Spirit. You know, there's a wind coming upon us and it's here today, a wind of joy. You know that joy has been robbed from people in the church for way too long. There's too many crabby people in churches. And often it's because they've forgotten the joy of their salvation. And I really believe that we're called to be a church of over being overjoyed. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I know for me, whenever I get discouraged, whenever I get a bit um, stagnant, the first thing that will go is the joy. The joy in what I'm doing in God. The joy of who I am in God. I forget. But the Lord says he wants to send the wind of refreshing, the joy of God. In Acts chapter 3, 19, repent and turn to God that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Who here wants more joy? Oh Lord, we speak it this morning, let the winds of joy come. Lord, breathe upon us. The great thing about breath is that, and it goes on to our last point, the winds of revival be transformed by his spirit. The moment that you run out of breath is the moment you die. Can we agree on that? So we do these things called CPR courses to learn how to revive people, bring people back to life. Anyone here done a CPR course? All right, so if you stop breathing, any of, those peop- <clears throat> any of those people, you just go, just call them over. I need you to help me, I can't breathe. And they can help bring you back to life. <laughs> the winds of revival. Revival in itself means to revive, to bring back to life. May the Lord come and bring a reviving to our spirits. May the breath of God come and bring a fresh breath that brings us back to breath in our own lives. You know when you go for a run, or if you remember this when you maybe you're younger, maybe you haven't run for a while, but when you do the 100-meter sprint, 
at school. Who knows that at the end of the 100 meters, you are just trying to get your breath back? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, you could keep running for days, no doubt. The thing is this, is that unless you're young and you can run for days, you're not going to say to most people, hey, like, especially a marathon runner, like, or it, say you're not a marathon runner, and you, if I say to you, hey, run around this, this property five times, on the fifth time of you running, you're going to be not wanting to sit down and have a latte and have a deep conversation about life. You're probably going to be on your knees, probably calling over the CPR people from church, <laughs> say, hey, listen, I need some help. You see, life is like this where you run and you run and you run and unless we stop and be still and know he is God, we miss out on the being revived by his spirit. <coughs> Just before we finish, so much of what God has for you and I is found in this being still and knowing, in learning how to have good breath work. There's a whole science now, all these research papers coming out about breathing well how breathing well, deeply, through your nose and not your mouth, by the way, can actually be healing, as healing as sleep is to your body. Different subject. Interesting, though. In the kingdom, how good are we at breathing well? How good are we at breathing in the breath of heaven well so that then we can run the race God has marked out for us? Because we're not called just to do nothing. We're called to run the race he has for us. But we have to do it in such a way that we can breathe in the Holy Spirit's breath. A supernatural breath. A breath that isn't reliant upon your good or badness, but is reliant upon his grace. As a church, I pray we get to a place that God moves by his wind and power so mightily and by the way, it says in Acts 2.2, suddenly there was from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house they were sitting in. In Ezekiel 37.9, he says, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, O breath, ruah, from the four winds and breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. This morning, Holy Spirit, we speak to the winds and we speak to the winds of the Holy Ghost and we say, Lord, revive the dead bodies. Heal the broken bones. Right now, those in our city who are depressed, Lord, those whose families are falling apart, those who are suicidal, breathe upon them. Can I hear an amen, church? We are like Ezekiel. We are prophetic people who know how to, with boldness, declare the ruah, the breath of heaven. And as a church, when people come and, and, and partake, and even today, if you're new, I pray that you walk away with a fresh breath of God in you. That as people, we know how to minister CPR in the kingdom. We know how to revive people according to the power of the Holy Ghost. And that we might have faith to believe that God can breathe upon a whole region, a whole coast. <laughs> but it starts with our own hearts. 
And it starts with you and I. And it starts with us saying, Lord, breathe afresh upon me. I want to sense the refreshing breath of God upon my family, upon my marriage, upon my heart. And the Lord says this. He goes, I've been waiting to breathe upon you. I've been waiting. I, I want to breathe upon each of you. I, not just that, but the picture I saw for the pastors. I want to breathe with such a burden of love for them. I just can't wait to just refresh my people. Who here wants to be refreshed in Jesus' name? Oh, I want a refreshing touch. And so why don't we stand together and let's just ask the Holy Spirit before we finish to breathe upon us the winds of God breathing upon us afresh. I might just get the band up even and we'll just do that last song just for a couple of minutes that last tag of that song. Oh Lord, we welcome you. We thank you for your presence. Why don't you lift your hands to heaven? Oh, Lord, we wait on you. We humble our hearts. We humble our minds. We humble our spirits. And we ask for the breath of heaven, the ruah. Let it come, Lord. Let the mighty rushing wind come, Lord. Breathe upon us today, Lord. Breathe upon us with your presence today, Lord. Just lean in in your heart. Just lean in this morning. Oh, breath of heaven, come. Anyone who's tired and weary, let the breath of refreshment come. Anybody who's confused, let the breath of clarity come. Anyone who is anxious, let the peace and the breath of Jesus come. Oh, Lord, you're wonderful. We worship your name. Thank you, Lord. So just stand in there. Just start to just, just, just even under your breath, just invite him to breathe upon you. Oh, breathe upon us, Lord. Let the, let the wind of heaven come upon our church family. Let the wind of heaven come. Breathe upon the south coast. Breathe upon us, our state, Lord. And breathe upon our nation. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.